I'm Victor Milligan. And I'm Jennifer Isabella. Your co-host for Forrester's podcast, What It Means, we explore the major changes in the market influencing executive priorities. And with us today in the studio is Jay Patasol, Principal Analyst at Forrester, to discuss the cost of losing creativity, especially coming out of the marketing team. Welcome, Jay. Hi, thanks for having me. You were recently at Cannes and you spoke very passionately about the poor choices about losing creativity along the way. Could you just encapsulate what you talked about and what kind of response you got? Yeah, certainly. We had a main stage session, Ken, on Tuesday the 18th. Uh, it was a great session. And, and what we talked about that day uh, was the recent research that we published, The Cost of Losing Creativity. And the argument that we're making is that marketers have overinvested in technology and have underinvested in the creative resources to make the most out of that technology. So it goes something like this. When we look at our data here at Forrester, specifically the CX index, we've seen that flat mm-hmm. for the last four years. Uh, to, to further that, what, what, what flat looks like is minimal growth uh, for those uh, companies that are considered to have good CX performance little bit of growth for those that have poor or very poor and none of the companies that we're tracking in CX index are considered to have excellent customer experience and in fact there's a segmentation of performance there's four types of performers they call them the languishers lapsers locksteppers and laggards so nobody's doing well Uh, four years running And when we look at that performance, we ask ourselves the question, how is it that the world's, you know, biggest and brightest brands can be languishing, you know, in in the CX rut? And we think the conclusion from the research that we've done is a lack of creativity. And what I mean by that is the execution that we're seeing all looks the same. Uh, the work looks the same. It feels the same. It, it has the same goals. We're using the same technology platforms, punch platform for QSR, for example, or Adobe, to execute off of. We're, we're designing for the same user problem, and it's just about delivering more convenience to the consumer. For example, QSR apps. They all allow you to order ahead and skip the line or your airline apps. You can check in, manage your travel, and use it as a boarding pass. Or your hotel apps. You can check in, manage that travel, and use the device to open your door. It's all the same. And when every brand carries the same benefit, how do you distinguish one from the other? Jay, I want to come at this from a different angle. So digital transformation was a major strategic investment starting, let's say, four years ago. We said out loud that a good many, nearly 50% of them, failed to meet expectations. But one of the repercussions of that was that they went to the same provider, management consultant houses, systems integrators, whoever they were, who run a very common playbook, who look at efficiency of workflow and common design of UX, not by intent, but by happenstance, created this digital vanilla. I think that's they're very similar conclusions. Yeah, it's, um, it's a digital sameness. Yep. And, in, and the digital sameness is in the, the marketing, it's in uh, the experiences, it's across the board. And the way to address the digital sameness is to bring in differentiation. And that's what 
creativity is is really all about. It's about helping the brand stand apart and doing it in a way that's novel, unique, that 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 creates a very deep emotional connection with consumers. And we see that we see that missing in this research. But is part of it the catch-up factor where maybe three years ago, Starbucks and that app experience was supremely differentiated. Like no one else was doing that, that experience. And so maybe to Victor's point, maybe there are others who are just consulted with them, the rest of the the crowd and said, yep, that's exactly what you want to be doing. So there's like, okay, you're first to market with this, then you need to be doing. So that kind of one step ahead of your competitors as well. It, exactly. Yeah. That's such a great point that, that, all of the all of the digital activities that have been involved in customer experience over the last you know five plus years, all of that has been about creating a, a distinction and creating a difference. But we've been doing it with with technology and with functional requirements. And my point is that we've we've forgotten about some of the intangible or emotional mm-hmm. aspects mm-hmm. of of the brand. Um, so, you know, quite practically. When, when CMOs and business leaders were looking for growth, customer experience was a great way to do that because you could, I mean, you could just with, just by connecting, you know, the dots and, and, and connecting everything together using technology and using platforms, all of a sudden you create a, a more seamless experience, you know, just as we've, as we've talked about here at Forrester. And you see, you can see in the numbers, there was a, there was a growth um, that was associated with that. It's just started to plateau. It's like that runway has 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 run out a little bit on that, and 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 that what was a, a magnificent kind of force magnifier um, is a little bit you know dull now. And so, what's the new one? What's the new way for growth? And I think creativity can be that. So even in the CX practices, there's a sense that every experience is not essentially equal. There are some more important than others, and some really are the best reflection of your brand, which goes to creativity. So it's not as if CX was intended to take away creativity. It just sort of lost it along the way. Yeah, it's an un- unintended consequence. And arguably, no business leader set out to say, okay, we're just going to use boilerplate technology right. here. But I, I think it, you know, as, as technology has become more ubiquitous, um, they just find themselves in this situation. And the remedies is, is, is really, it's not really that difficult. It's about taking all of the, 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 the great work that's been done to date and building off of that with, with the right creative workforce to help make the most out of it. So from a standpoint of root cause, you, you know, marketing budgets aren't growing leaps and bounds. And so CMOs looking for budget have to find it within their budget. And so creative became to be sort of Peter DePaul problems. So why do they choose creativity? Was it because they, they, they dispassionately said it wasn't producing the net value, it was too intangible, it was an easy fodder because it didn't have a sound leader, there were agencies tied to it? In your mind, what caused it to be Peter in that example? I, I, think, I think at least two things. First, over the last, I'll say, three plus years, there has been a, a feeling inside the, the agency and, and marketing community that there's been a lack of transparency on behalf of the agencies. This started in late 2015, 2016, when the ANA uh, published a report that's called the K2 report. And it was specifically looking at the, the practices of uh, media agencies and digital media and the digital media supply chain. And what they were able to show within that research 
is that there were certain amounts of bona fides, you know, incentives that that media owners were were, were giving to, to agencies that weren't always being passed back to, uh, to to clients. And then there were some viewability issues, you know, measurement issues. And the combined effect of that was concern for transparency and a lack of transparency. So there's a trust issue, number one. And then number two, it's not as measurable. You know, creativity is somewhat intangible. But certainly when compared to, you know, lifetime customer value or loyalty that can be very distinctly and discreetly measured um, inside the context of, of CX, it's more difficult to, to measure creativity. So therefore, when you're making a decision, when you're trying to figure out, you know, how you're going to rob Peter and pay Paul, I'm going to go with the one that can be most measured. And you, you couple trust on, on, on top of that. And I think the agencies uh, unfortunately fell into that situation. Where we end up is a situation where you can create a whole lot of value uh, by, by bolstering the, uh, the, 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 like the creative narrative um, and the brand narrative inside the work and create a level of differentiation um, that helps connect the brand to its customers, that helps reinforce all the ease and the convenience that's built into the, the technology. Um, and the net effect is that, that you can, you, you'll get a higher return because you'll be, you'll be sought out. You'll be distinct. Um, and it's, a new, it's, it's the new way for, for CMOs and marketers to, to achieve growth. So in listening to you speak, Jay, it feels like you're kind of equating agencies with creativity. But there's a whole conversation about the in-house component and kind of having that workforce or creative workforce as a existing component of your marketing team. So what about it being agency creative that's necessary for this equation to work or, or is it necessary to kind of bring it, bring, bring creative back um, to the fore? Sure. Um, In-house agencies are agencies too. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're just as, as creative as their external brethren, if you will. <laughs> um, and so, yes, I do, I do, I do equate creativity with this group of professionals that are really adept and really good, whether in-house or, or external mm-hmm. at, at delivering this. Um, it's a, you know, it's a craft, you know, uh, a lot of times when you, when you listen to the agencies talk about it, they'll talk about combining the, the magic with the logic, or they'll talk about their superpowers and that's, you know, that's, that's fair, you know, because it does have a kind of an interesting veneer to it. It's, you know, it's how they, it's how they sell it, but really well, superpowers are cool. Superpowers <laughs> are cool. Yeah. They are in fact cool, but this is a craft, you know, this is a craft that's learned, that's honed. Um, uh, it, it's, it's built into, you know, communication theory. It's built out of communication theory and, and it's how we emotionally connect as people. And, uh, and that's, and that's something that you can find, you know, as I said, externally or internally, but it's mostly associated with this, with, uh, with this agency set because they're just so good mm-hmm. at, at articulating it. But when you look at the economics around it, like you were talking about robbing Peter to pay Paul, when you look at the economics agencies, their growth is right at the rate of inflation at these, at, at this stage. Mm-hmm. Um, what we looked at was, the Bureau of Labor and Statistics data through 2017. This is what they've reported. And what it shows is that the the annual percentage growth rate 
is right at the current rate of inflation for creative agencies. And for media agencies, it's actually below the rate of inflation. And then when you look at our Forrester's uh, marketing technology and services forecast, we forecast that agencies will grow at 2.4% through 2022. That could be below the rate of inflation. Whereas technology and the spending around technology is growing anywhere between 9 and 11%. And all we're simply saying here is there's an equilibrium. We can balance, we can balance some of that. This is by no means an argument to defund technology, not at all. It's very important. We just want to recalibrate some of the dollars so that you can bring the creative workforce and the creative mindset into this work and let that be the new force multiplier that, that takes all of the work that's been done in CX and just takes it to the next level, makes it branded. You know, one of the things assigned to CMOs, what they were, they were too brand oriented. They were insufficiently numerical. And you see this in some companies sort of moving out the CMO, bringing out a chief growth officer who's essentially more commercial. So did you find that in the research that one of the things that might have happened along the way is that these, sort of there was an over pivot, an overcompensation. So some of the CMOs nervous in the chair said, you know, I'm going to take away this brand moniker on me and I'm going to become the quant guy. Yeah. So what we, what we saw in the research regarding that is the, the titles of the, the marketers would vary. It seemed like the, the marketers with longer standing inside their company had titles that were more akin to chief growth officer or EVP growth markets, you know, global or something, something to that effect. It, it, it's something that didn't automatically scream marketing, yep. you know, and whereas those that were newer in their role, did have a, a, a chief marketing officer title. And I think what that suggests is that those that are more tenured, those marketing business leaders that are more tenured, are looking for ways to evolve themselves and rebrand themselves slightly. And it, you could be right. You could, it could be that this was a bit of an over-pivot in part of that repositioning and then, and then that rebranding where they're trying to create a new future for you know, the marketing function. Um, to be regarded not just a um, a cash outlay, a quarterly cash outlay, but something that builds, you know, revenue over time. So that could be the case. But I think again, if that if that is, then what we're showing here is a way to, you know, dial that back and calibrate that in such a way that you've got both. You know, you have both the the necessary technology investments and then the people that can make the most out of it with ideas and execution. So on the looking forward part, one of the ironies is in the many conversations that I have with CMOs, there's a certain level of regret about the technology piece because they really believe that it was going to remove the manual operations from marketing. It did so to a level, but not to the level that they hoped for or designed to. And so they didn't see, you know, the technology driving efficiency equation really didn't play itself out. Now we're in the next wave of automation with AI and machine learning and all the different other pieces and parts of that. And then if you listen to that value prop of automation, it says, well, the great thing about automation is that it frees up a lot of time and that time can be used for more strategic, creative type of things. So there's like a second promise where creative can show up on the, on the books. 
Is that is your research showing that as well, that you're hoping that the budget gets picked up because some of the efficiencies that they were planning for now start to show up or creative has to happen now because it's a crisis? Well, I think it has to happen uh, earlier in the process where we typically see the agency um, and creativity being applied is uh, towards the end and only at the executional level where we have, where we have, uh, okay, we have a budget set aside. We're going to have a certain amount of this in digital advertising and digital media. We're going to have a certain amount in television or broadcast media. Go create that. We can actually pull some of the creative thinking further up the process, if you will, starting at the strategic level and let it kind of filter down all the way through. In order to do that, that's budgets, you know, just having people available, involved uh, in the process uh, early on. So number one. Um, and number two, I think the, the way that you just described the ability of some machine learning or, or, or AI helping to take some of the the basic tasks um, and automating them and allowing people to focus more on strategic planning or on creative execution. I'm, I'm hearing that repeatedly throughout the, uh, throughout the agency community where they've got platforms that are starting to build presentations for them, you know, and uh, puts, puts the plan that has been put together and in, in from all of their audience analysis and, and media activity into a template so that they can focus on, building out the strategy and building out the plan and not have to worry about building PowerPoint slides. And, and so that's a, a very small example, but it's, it's that type of thing that I think is, is the, the role and the promise of automation, I think, can, can help accelerate that type of activity, can accelerate creativity, can accelerate better strategy and better thinking. Right. So one argument says, I have a team of 10 people that were busy doing other things. I'd free them up they may not themselves be creative people. So freeing up to do creative things may not be helpful. So I'm going to move you to a skills question. Do you see skills atrophying in the market for creative? Are, are, are there sufficient skills, sufficient way, innovations in creative, different ways of telling stories, different ways of representing information, whatever it might be? Are the skills there so that when the budgets do free up, there's human beings able to carry that water? Increasingly, yeah. Um, the, the, the agencies are planning for this, so mm. to speak. They've been building fairly robust tech stacks and, and data stacks. Uh, those, those platforms at this stage are designed to help with audience understanding and audience activation. So we learn as much as we can about customers and, and prospects and go and activate that in uh, media and digital. The next stage of that will be taking all of that understanding and applying that to the creative product. And letting all of that understanding be a, a basis of insights, and that is that that sets the stage for that new skill set, um, that more data technology adept skill set to apply that to to creative executions. So it's it, it again it's it's really about about balancing this and 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 creating a situation so that the marketer has the resources for the technology that they need, and then the workforce you know, that they need to, to apply that. So Jen, earlier in this podcast, referred to digital emulation where everyone's emulating each other. Do you see the same cautionary tale in the creative world or, or do you see people finding a very singular road for themselves because creative lends themselves to that kind of natural differentiation, natural uniqueness of voice? 
So that that's always been a issue, if you will, that the that the agency world or the creative world has been focused on, almost hyper focused to the extent that when ideas are considered and conceived, one of the filters that's put through is have we seen this before? There there are instances where you do see some some parody or some some similarity, but it's it's frowned upon, and uh, and it's part of that it, it's part of the craft uh, of of evaluating these ideas is it is it is it fresh enough is it new enough um, familiar but but new you know enough that it creates the the distinction that we're looking for so who stayed the course who who continued to do it well against some of these shifts that you're you're pointing at I think Domino's has done a really good job of balancing the two they're very much almost a, a technology delivery company now. Um, with the the amount that they've invested in digital experience overall, but they've balanced that really nicely with um, with a narrative and with an idea, and that 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 experience that they've that customer experience that they've built through, you know, being able to order multi-channel and being able to track one's delivery, is is carried all the way through, and not only in the communication but also in the overall experience, and such that. That I almost I look at Domino's and I say it's not it's not customer experience it's it's creative experience is what they've built, and I think that's a lesson you know for for all marketers it's a lesson for us here at, at Forrester that the new way to be customer obsessed is not just specifically customer experience but more broadly creative experience by by taking all of the richness that's been built inside the the, the customer experience the CX ecosystem. And adding creativity to that just takes it, you know, that next step further and helps us be even more customer obsessed in our business practices. Does the game change because of the noise floor? How does creative survive in a market where no matter where you turn to YouTube or TV, whatever you are, there's some sort of some noise coming at you? How do you create that distinguishing yet subtle creative or are you forced to yell just louder than everybody else? It depends upon the brand. For example, N- Nike was able to enter a very contemporary dialogue um, with their 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 dream work, mm-hmm. what's often referred to as the Colin Kaepernick ad, because ironically, because he was one of fourteen stories inside that that commercial. But uh, but nonetheless, he rose to the top. But Nike was able to do that effectively because th- their their brand had permission to to do so. They're, they're, you know the the ethos of of just do it were, were such were rich enough that they were able to to enter a discussion that was about a lot of noise and to make a lot of noise, but to do it in such a way that was authentic. Gillette, for example, um, tried to do something equally provocative, and it fell flat because their their brand is very much you know the art of shaving, and and not about um, the ethos of equality. And, and so whether it's subtlety or it's screaming, I think it's about does the brand have the permission to do it and the equity to do it? And, and then do they have the resources, the, 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 the quality workforce to be able to, to articulate that and understand it and understand how to best articulate it? Nike, for example, has been working with an agency called Wyden and Kennedy for years. And they are far and away one of the one of the better agencies in the market today to be able to communicate the way that they do. Is there anything, Jay, coming out of Cannes 
something from your presentation that really caught the audience's interest? Were there questions or conversations after sharing this research that people were really kind of glomming on to? Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, I think we were, you know, we were part of a theme, you know, or a narrative that, uh, you know, by no means were we the only people talking about creativity mm. at the Cannes Lion International Festival of Creativity. But beyond its name, this seems to be a, this seems to be a, a massive theme that the, the marketing community and, and the agency community collectively is recognizing that we have overcorrected is recognizing the need to bring the right balance of, of, of creativity. So, you know, this piece of research and this theme that we brought to, to can fit very naturally in the trend, if you will. Um, and I would, I would actually say that I, I think we help, you know, advance this trend, uh, by bringing this research. Um, what specifically were people reacting to first was the idea of quantifying creativity, which we did inside the research. And that was an exercise of understanding what will marketers spend, and our, our Forrester uh, forecast was able to, to help us determine that, what proportion of it is technology, what proportion of it is creative resources or agency resources, and, and what's the return on either. And we were able to predict that, that by increasing a certain amount of spend, taking a small amount of dollars out of out of the technology spend and shifting that into the uh, the agency spend in the long run would give us a a higher return. We know this because our our work with uh, CX Index tells us that for every point that we increase in the index score, that the marketer's return increases by two percent. And so, by by working to in, improve that experience, we will improve the marketer's returns. So quantifying what creativity can bring was very well received. Um, and then secondly, um, Forrester being at the event um, and Forrester making this argument, Forrester as a technology consultancy saying, yes, technology is necessary. It is fascinating. It has taken us places that, um, that we would, would otherwise not be able to go. Um, but we need to do it in a balanced, measured way, and we need to have a creative workforce helping to, to make the most out of that technology. I think people, marketers, agencies in particular, really uh, responded to that and uh, were appreciative of the fact that, that we could, could enter that, um, that dialogue and could be part of that festival and be there to help make a common sense argument at, at a time when some common sense is really, really needed. So your argument is that creative has to happen now, not that people need to step aside and spend months and months doing business cases or ROI models, is that there's a certain level of urgency at our feet now. So you're a CMO and you're now trying to move more resources back to creative. What do, what do you say out loud to make that happen now? I would, I would say that what CMOs should look at is uh, some of the redundancies that they might have in, in their technology spending. Certainly, there are there's some mature areas of ad tech that are starting to contract and be swallowed up by, by MarTech, and that those areas offer you know, some opportunities for where they could begin to trim and then take a small amount of dollars, 
we actually initially slated about you know five percent uh, of the technology spend in years one and two, and invest that in creativity and watch watch very specifically how that return uh, comes back in uh, in uh, in the following two years. And what I think they'll see is that by 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 investing in the overall creative experience that they'll start to improve their their scores overall and they'll start to improve their bottom line and they'll get the growth that they're looking for. Jay, it was a pleasure talking with you today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to Forrester's What It Means podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. To continue the conversation, follow Forrester on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.